What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. Wanted to get the show to you. I was watching Dynamite and NXT, but I stopped about a half an hour before the end so I can get the show ready, hopefully a little bit after it's over, and you guys, you know, listen to it after the show. So if I missed anything from each show in the last about a half hour, I apologize if anything major or big happened. Uh, but remember, if you want to win a Series 1 AEW action figure, stick around to the end of the show to find out how. All right, on the AEW. Now, tonight on Dynamite, XNWA TV champion Ricky Starks actually was the one who challenged Cody for his TNT title. Now, I'm a huge Sparks mark. I only discovered him in NWA, but I did some research, and he has wrestled all over the world, and he's held many titles. I'm telling you, Starks is a star. He did not beat Cody, of course, not yet anyway. He definitely could in the future, and I'm so glad he's an AE dub. Keep, keep an eye out for him. This kid is the shit piece, for real. On a side note, I love tonight when they introduced Cody, they said he was a grandson of a plumber, which I know they said before, but they didn't say it all the time. And it's just like when his father used to do interviews or get introduced, they would say his father was the son of a plumber. So I thought that was very cool that they represented. Now, Chris Jericho did an interview with Chris Pritchard of WrestleZone. They talked about Mike Tyson again for a little bit. On Jericho wanting him, excuse me, on Jericho wanting, uh, what you call it, him with Tyson to be a match in the future, which you talked about before, but hopefully it's different. He said, I'd like to see it go all the way. Mike has been an enforcer. Mike has thrown a punch that has knocked somebody out, which is me. And Mike's been involved in this wild, woolly brawl. The one thing he has never done is have a match. And I think this is the perfect time for him. The aura and the mystique of Mike Tyson is back. He looks great. You've seen the sparring videos. He moves fast. He's Iron Mike Tyson again. Probably one of the worst things you could do is put him in an actual boxing match. Maybe if it's with somebody in his own era doing kind of an exhibition or that sort of thing. But we want to keep Mike Mike. The Tyson's aura is at a maximum, which is why AEW <clears throat> excuse me, is perfect for him. We can do whatever storyline we choose, and uh, what you call it, he can wrestle in any shape or size, anybody he wants to. And we can do whatever we need to plug him into any situation that we want to make. I think there's no better person for that than me. After all these years of doing the kind of Mike Tyson, of, of being kind of the Mike Tyson of wrestling, I never lost my aura or mystique, but you can see that I'm doing some of my best work in my career after doing this for 30 years. So it's a perfect matchup. See, he's never touched on that before, but he is making really, really good points. Jericho is the GOAT, and so is Tyson of boxing. And also on why Jericho and Tyson created the storyline. He said, Mike and I know each other. We've known each other for 10 years. We have a built-in storyline, a built-in angle. It's not just a random thing. And a character, Chris Jericho, it just makes perfect sense that I would be obsessing with this, that I would be obsessing for this for 10 years, and I'm not scared of Mike Tyson. I know a lot of people who are like, are you crazy? You were standing face to face with Mike Tyson. With Mike, there's no script. There's no rehearsal. He's going to do whatever the fuck he wants, and that's fine. I don't mind because I can control. I can't control that, and I can expect it. So there's a lot of excitement there, and I know we're, when we're working. 
on uh, what you call it. We'll be on all cylinders and something like that I would like to make happen. I apologize. The way this is all written, it gets jumbled up. But anyway, let's get to WWE before we take a break. Now, Ringside News reports that WWE was forced to postpone a planned taping of Friday Night SmackDown. Several superstars, staff, and executives had to wait outside the Performance Center until their test came back as negative. Since WWE started with such a long delay, they needed to trim the agenda. It was decided that SmackDown superstars and crew will be back on June 26 to tape hours to tape hours before the show airs on Fox. Ringside News has learned that SmackDown superstars almost immediately started leaving when WWE postponed their television taping. This was especially the case for those who live out of Florida. They wanted to get the fuck home. And it was said that SmackDown talent was getting out of there. Uh, excuse me, I apologize. Um, I also been hearing that they are big time behind on taping. So they've been doing a lot this week. A lot of it resumed today for WWE. Uh, as family, friends, and talent were invited to attend. According to a report by John Alba from Spectrum Sports 360, WWE were offering free COVID-19 to all those who attended the tapings. As you may know, and as an NXT developmental trainee tested positive for COVID-19 several days ago. See, I didn't have time to do a show about that, but if you were part of our Facebook group or our Twitter, you would have seen I posted it. Actually, a person who was training in NXT and the name hasn't been revealed yet, or I haven't heard it, was COVID-19 positive. This caused WWE to cancel their tapings for yesterday and rescheduled them for today, along with the extensive COVID-19 testing for WWE talent, staff, what have you. And that's fucked up. They're a multi-million dollar company, and they know the risk of it. In the whole last couple of months that they've been taping, all they were doing was fucking temperature checks and a questionnaire when they could have, excuse me, could have had and paid for those COVID tests the whole time. Like how the superstar got sick, they postponed yesterday. Out of nowhere, boom, here's COVID tests. They had them. They just didn't want to spend the money, and that's fucked up for a multi-multi-billion dollar company. But hey, we all know WWE at times. All right, peace. We're going to take a break real quick. We got to pay the bills. Definitely tune back in. We got some awesome WWE news. Jim Cornette is after another wrestler again. What else is new? Plus, we have more. So I'll be right back. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number 1. And stick around to the end of the show to find out how you could win the Chris Jericho AEW action fig. Now back to WWE. According to various reports by WrestleTalk, Vince McMahon has very high hopes for Asuka and sees a lot of value in her as a star. He is very impressed with her in-ring work, reliability, I can't even say that today, reliability, and worth ethnic headed into last month's Money in the Bank. When Paul Heyman was dismissed as head creative director for Monday Night Raw, Asuka was one of the talents that many were concerned with, along with WWE champion uh, Drew McIntyre. It's fucked up, man, because not even Paul Heyman, even though he was pushing a lot of stars, which is great, and Asuka obviously is one of them, fucking Triple H has had fucking high regard for Asuka the whole time she was in NXT. That's why she reigned like she did. She's been up on the main roster. He's told Vince and Vince didn't want to listen. Now he wants to now, which is fucked up, man. 
man, for real. Uh, backstage, somebody's saying that he is still high on Asuka, meaning Vince, and she won't, won't be hurt by Heyman being gone. And that was quoted by a backstage source. Now, Kevin Owens was forced to miss Monday Night Raw tapings that were getting done today due to COVID-19 concerns. I do hope he is okay, because KO is the man. Today, WWE also released an Eddie Guerrero box. Now, you've seen those boxes on the internet, the horror boxes, the loot crate, the loot vault, what have you. They got an Eddie Guerrero one. It's limited edition. Only 750 have been made. So if you're a fan, definitely fucking grab one because they're going to go quick and they're going to be worth a lot of money in the future if you don't open them or even just sell it all piece by piece. Um, it does include an exclusive Eddie Guerrero t-shirt. It's got a bottle of Latino heat hot sauce it's got big red latino heat dice for your car like he used to have in his it's got a little little eddie guerrero uh, action figure if you ever seen the little wrestler figures they do on pro wrestling tees that's exactly what it looks like but eddie guerrero's plus there's way way more the box is designed to look like the fr front half of his car like the grill of his car the hood the sides that's what the box looks like so i'm pretty sure it's 50 bucks which is a little bit high but i mean please eddie's worth it and the stuff in there is worth it. And since it's so limited, it's going to be worth a lot of money. So definitely grab that if you can. Now, the Queen Charlotte Flair was on Raw Talk, and she addressed the fans calling her and saying that she is entitled. Flair said, it's not about who gets under my skin. It's about why they get under my skin. I see, I hear, and I read what the people say about me. They say I am entitled. That's why I'm always in a title picture. Here's the thing. I'm the only person who shows up to work 365 days a year. I'm never sick. I'm never hurt. I am the hardest working person in this company. I'm on Raw. I'm on SmackDown. Hell, I do media for Fox, and I'm not even on Fox. And then they send me to NXT. I do anything and everything they ask me because I love this business, and I strive for greatness. Charlotte has rejected the notion that she is overexposed before. She said that in the past. She's also said that it is entitled people that bothers uh, her calling out other superstars. So since they're calling her entitled, she's calling out the superstars. And she even named them by names. She named Nia Jax and Sasha Banks. So it's the entitled people that get under my skin, Charlotte said. These are people that sit at home for a year and then they come back and they're in the title picture. And you call me entitled because I'm busting my ass 365 days a year to be the best? No, it's people like Nia Jax that come back and are in the title picture. Uh, I've beaten Asuka twice now and I haven't had my title match. She makes a great point. Like I said before, and we all know Nia Jax is The Rock's favorite cousin. And seriously, if she's pissed off or if she just feels she needs a break, that's where she goes. I mean, once or twice, maybe even once she was injured. Besides that, she gets fed up, takes her ball and goes home. She's gone for eight months. She's gone for a year. She comes back. She's hurting fucking mad people. And she's in a title picture. It is bullshit. So Charlotte also said, so what? I've had the Raw Championship how many times now? I think five, but that means I can't have it a sixth time, that I'm not owed that. I'm not owed the title match. No, it's people like Sasha Banks that take time off and come back and they're in the title picture. But I'm entitled? No, it's the entitled people that get under my skin. 
I'm sorry, I had to get that off my chest. And I love that, because even though she's cool with all those women, that's that little bit of realism that they bring into the story, and she definitely feels that way, because she is right. And hey, man, I'm not a big Charlotte Flair fan at all. I respect what she does. She's awesome in the ring, but I don't dig her. I don't dig her gimmick. But her saying that, I'm totally 120% behind her. All right, peace. We got to take a break real quick. When I come back, I got that Jim Cornette story. Uh, WWE actually rehired a backstage producer, and I got some more. Vice has a new show. Vice are the guys who brought you Dark Side of the Ring, blah, blah, blah. So make sure you tune back in. I'll be right back. All right, Pete's, we're back to finish up the show. Remember to stick around to the end to find out how you can win a La Champion action figure. August is going to be here anytime. Hopefully it ships before that. But like I said, it's paid off. I'm ready to go. I'm just waiting for them to ship it, and then I'll ship it to the winner. All right, let's finish up with WWE, and then we'll move on to some random wrestling and sporting news. Now, WWE has rehired backstage producer Pat Buck. I'm very happy for him. They hired him in August, and then he got fired with the mass firing. He has been big on the independent circuit, and he's the one who knocked out Big Cass. That's right, Big Cass from Enzo and Big Cass. He knocked him out with one shot last year in the locker room at the Rollway Center in East Rutherford or Rutherford, New Jersey. Big Cass was high as fuck on something. He was legit chasing Joey Janela around the center, trying to kill him. He was also backstage in the locker rooms, disrespecting and acting tough to a bunch of wrestlers, and that's why Puck, oh, excuse me, Pat Buck did lay him out. So I'm glad he got hired back from WWE. From what I hear, he's been at the last two tapings. Now on to some random wrestling and sporting news. Well, Jim Cornette is back at it, and this time his target is Sami Zayn. On his latest podcast, Cornette said that you can't fucking get this guy to start arguing about the goddamn, I don't know, fuck what you're going to have for lunch to determine uh, if the whole group is going to starve or not. He's always fucking bickering. He's on minute little details that he won't fucking let go. He's a pain in the ass. And any agent, my God, any agent who has to deal with him, he's the worst nightmare because trust me, I've been his agent at a time. He's a great heel promo because he's a, he's a, he's a fucking personable but annoying fucker in person. He comes off the indie scene where he had to die on every kill and didn't understand why he and Kevin Owens weren't getting any praises. And from what I hear from the rumors that we reported weeks ago about Zane's backstage antics in WWE, it seems like Cornette is probably right. Like he said, he was his producer. So Zami Zane is always bickering, being a little bitch, even though he's a good dude deep down um, inside. And I heard too, he's the guy backstage who's sitting there telling this person one thing, then going to telling another person one thing, watching them fight and sitting there enjoying it. So who knows, man? Now, Vice. Vice is the same people who brought you Dark Side of the Ring. If you listen to the show, you know I'm a huge Dark Side of the Ring mark. Well, now they have another show. It's called Dark Side of the Ring After the Dark, when a host on Zoom interviews all the supporting players and the ones that are still alive and about their uh, respective episodes. So it's really good. So like when you're watching Dark Side of the Ring and they got the brother there and a best friend or, you know, a rival wrestler and they're sitting there talking, they get them on Zoom and they ask them different details that weren't covered on the show. It's really good. And you got to check it out on YouTube, peeps. All right, peeps. Well, that's it for this show. Remember to check out our YouTube. I put a review up of Pete Davidson's The King of Staten Island, and I'm legit working on a top 40 of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. 
So if you're a fan of the old Nintendo, check it out. It'll be a four-part series that I'll release over the next few weeks. The first episode should be up this weekend, so be on the lookout for it. And remember, if you want to win a La Champion AEW action figure, you got to go to YouTube anyway. So make sure you're a subscriber to our YouTube. Beside that, pick any video, like, share, and comment. So go to our YouTube, subscribe, like, share, and comment, and boom, you're in the winning to win a Chris Jericho action figure. So we'll definitely go check out the King of Staten Island review or the last wrestling episode I did for you. All right, peeps, remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number one. I'll see you guys this weekend, and I'll what you call it on YouTube and on the podcast. I love you. Ciao.